<laughs> That's the most acid. <laughs> Hope you're not doing anything. What are you awesome talking about? It's an awesome movie. <laughs> Mellow. <laughs> oh man, I dig that man. The black. <laughs> hey hell, hey, I don't feel so good, man. I don't know what's going on, man. Really, I'm kind of scared, man. Hope you're not doing anything for like a month, man. Or the one time, what was the one where he snorted all the soap and then ended up drinking his pee that he was about to? <laughs> he had a jar of pee. He was taken to the drug test. Chong had a bag of white stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right in the car. Yeah. And Cheech was like, oh, man, I just want to smell it. And he like, man. <laughs> He's like, oh, man, that's so. <laughs> and he gets stuck in his throat or whatever. So he grabs the first thing to drink and wash it down. And, and it's pee for Chong's yeah. test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pee soap. Mm. Well, there's like bubbles coming out of the low. Feel the water. urine cleansing your body. This is Welcome back, everyone, to the Metal Nerdery. Thank you for joining us. We have the Billiam. What's up? We have the Russell. Howdy, y'all. And we have the Wheela. Hey, And today, we're talking about... We've been wanting to talk about this forever, and I think on some level, anybody and everybody who's ever been any kind of thrash fan has got a master puppet story. Well, my story is it's the best fucking metal album ever recorded. Yeah, Hail, and I would also agree to that. I, I mean, think, there's I think a, that's lot of great, a lot of great metal albums recorded, and some recorded the same year, but I mean from... Which we'll get to later, by the way. Start to finish. Start to finish, and we're everybody in this room right now are musicians, and we will all agree there was some of the best musicianship on this album, just the way it was put together. It was art. Yeah. It was Fuck. a complete piece of art. This is almost art in the same way that, like, Pink Floyd is art. Yeah. If you think about it from the songs, the cohesiveness of the theme, the artwork, yeah. the yeah. feel, the yeah. sound, all of it. It was just like one big it was, scrumptious, uh, delicious dish of thrash. It was yeah. perfection. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, thrash, there are plenty of thrash songs on this album, but there are also some really good heavy metal songs on this album. You, know, well, you can was, definitely hear. It's funny because after doing the, um, the Noatham episode, yeah. listening back to this now. You can kind of hear that. You can hear the Nwabam perspective more than you could, or at least more than I could before. Right. Yeah. Almost like I kind of re-saw it through different eyes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Dude, I don't think the psychedelics are kicking in yet, bro. Well, I mean, but that that album still affects me. Like I remember, I got I was telling Bill, I think I got it shortly after it came out because I think it might have been like winter, spring of of '86, mm. and this was my first ever thrash exposure right like people had talked about it but i'd never really heard it never really knew it. i'd heard whiplash before that was my only exposure metallica's whiplash what, what were y'all's stories well uh for me master i first heard with tommy but i'd heard uh kill them all first okay so and you had some better point of reference or that yeah that but it, to me it was like two different bands I mean, oh, I could yeah. see that for sure. Uh, or two different records, very yeah, much for sure. It, it, I heard it, it was almost in that order too. I think I heard "Kill 'Em All" first, and then I heard "Master," and you know, sprinkled in with a bunch of metal church and other stuff yeah. around the same time. But 
I heard Master before I heard Ride the Lightning. And, uh, okay. Yeah, same here for me. But, I mean, yeah. James's uh, voice on Kill em All, it was cool. But he really came in to his voice on Master of Puppets. Yeah. I mean, it was just. It got deeper and angrier. Kind of. Just this rasp, you know, this angry kind of rasp. It was just. Yeah, the first time I heard it, it was just like, holy shit. It was like the first time I heard Van Halen or the first time like I heard magic. Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it like was sorcery. Just, yeah. Sonic yeah. sorcery. That's what Kicked it is. Me right in the nuts. It's, uh, I think we're going to call it Sonic Sorcery Core. You want to call that the new core? Sonic Sorcery Core. Yeah. All right. So that's yeah, a sure. mouth. It's kind of a mouthful. But. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, do you have a, uh, a mop story? Yeah, I think I've said this before, but the first time, this is, I believe this is the first Metallica album yep. that I've heard. Yeah. And, you know, some kids are talking about it at school or whatever. So, you know, mom takes me to, you know, wherever, Revco or some, yeah. someplace like that. And I see it in there and I buy it and I take the tape out to the car while she finishes shopping and stick it in and, and it starts out and I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking this is supposed to be badass heavy shit. With the acoustic guitars yeah. and battery, right? Yeah. I'm thinking, what is this shit, man? Come on! And then all of a sudden, oh, this is now he gets it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Clean is good. Clean yeah. guitars are good. I just remember thinking, what in the world is this crap? I thought this was supposed to be heavy. Right. Know? I kind of almost had, when I, when I first heard, especially that intro to Battery, because it's so iconic and it's got that certain feel to it. Everybody knows that feel. You can't hear that song, the, the intro, and not have that yeah. feeling it invokes. But when I heard it, it was like I inherently knew. I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be badass. Because when the harmony started, I was like, Okay, I bet they're building this, and it's you can like feel seven it. Seven guitars in there. You can feel it. Actually, <laughs> yeah, we were layers. looking at a. We're looking at. Um, There's an article we were looking at before the show started. It said that Headfield layered those guitars like six times. Yeah, at least six times, Would, and it wasn't overdubbed. It was him him doing it fresh every time. Yeah, so it wasn't like I mean, a copy of a copy of a copy. Right. It was like record. There's one. Another record, there's two. Yeah. Another one, three, and so on. At least six times on all the tracks. Well, cool it's thing. crazy. Uh, for anyone listening who wants to check it out, on the new remastered master uh, <laughs> on that you can find on Apple Music or Spotify remaster, or master whatever, core. Like, there's 137 tracks on there, okay? Once you get past the album, it's demos. Ah. Uh, or recordings from when they really? were first playing the shit in clubs, you know, before they went on the big tour with yeah, Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the demos are awesome because the demos almost sound like the album. You're like, holy shit, that's a good demo. Right. I think, you know? I think uh, Fleming Rasmussen, the, the producer and also part-time Viking, I think, based on his name, I think he actually said that they came to the studio with pretty much a, a the pretty demos much ready pretty to go much recording. as they are. Yeah. Like they had to do minimal tweaking on the production side to get those demos ready for the final, the final deal. But there's one version impressive. on there that's just all James. There's no leads or no harmonies or none of that stuff. But it's still cool. You're like, damn, it's still a good song without yeah, all that. Right. You know? So gross. But wow. yeah, but yeah, Master. Uh, when I think of best albums ever, you know, I think of. I have a hard time between Led Zeppelin three and four because those two are just so freaking good to me. 
but this is up there with that. This is oh, yeah. Van Halen one. This is you know oh, Beatles yeah. White Album. It, it right. is I, a, I don't want to say it and be a dick, but this is yeah, it was kind of their Black Album before the Black Album. Fuck, come on, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in terms of success, this was the one that really, really, really got ah. them. The attention. Oh yeah, they, they got it for Ozzy. Well, the for tour Ozzy. with exactly. Ozzy helped. The ultimate yeah. send tour was the that that sealed but, the deal. But nothing on here got you know they didn't have a video for one fucking song. No, you know, it wasn't really. No. We say Black Album all the time just for fun, but honestly, one this from was a, Justice for All was what kicked them all. Yeah, it made them. This was like the exactly. glitch in the Matrix yeah, yeah. though that made them big, and they were already climbing even before you know Cliff yeah. tragically well, died in that in that bus accident in yeah. September. They were already. Going for the stars. I know that sounds so cheesy. We're they the were the underground band when heavy metal needed an underground band because you had all the glam shit and all of that was getting they really were popular. The torch. And then these guys showed up with the ripped jeans and the leather, you right. know, vest and you know, kicked it out of the fucking park. I mean, they or hit it out, knocked it out of the park, but kicked, assaulted it out of the park. Let's Sorry. just say what it is. <laughs> Russ is on a heavy dose of vodka and Red Bull at the moment. Baseball batted it out of the park. <laughs> he, Brass knuckled he it out of the park. it right out of the park. Sports <laughs> ball. That's my daughter would say. Anyway. Sounds like something the jocks do after a game. I don't so, know. I don't know what that means. So, yeah. Uh, I think this, this album to me is a, I consider it a holy grail album. It's a classic album yeah. for sure. There's, there's, yeah. It's one of those where everything about it kind of the stars align, like the cohesiveness of the songs and the theme, the artwork, the lyrics, the imagery. There's a feel to this album that does not, there's nothing else like it. No. Yeah. No, it's, you're absolutely right. I think that's why I think there's, there's got to be Sonic Sorcery involved. And I want to talk about the songs, but I'll wait until we start listening to the songs. But, you know, there are songs in this album that put me right back. Oh, yeah, for sure. In ninth grade. You know, same year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's when you know you made something. When yep. you can make people feel right. or, or, it's or reminisce or you remember, right. you know, nostalgia. that's when you know you, yeah. So things to make you remember shit. That's what nostalgia means. Hey, y'all, this is Ron down at the Rib Lounge. <laughs> we try and do some English lessons every week down here, but uh, nostalgia is old shit that makes you think about old shit back when you were a young shit. <laughs> anyway, I hope you take that with you. Y'all have a good show. Anyway, this is Ron down here at the Rib Lounge on Cot Lod. Hey, thanks, Ron. I hey, appreciate it, Ron. Shall March get... 3rd, 1986. We just missed it. How cool would it have been if we could have had the foresight to release this? Yeah, we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even finish the sentence. I was going to say release this when we we're drunk, but, you know, I didn't say that. No, I was going to say, how cool would it be if we could have re- released this dive when this came out and then everybody be like oh my god no nerdery's like psychic they're like knew what was coming now the cool thing it wouldn't talk like that well it's not really that cool but it's well, still in 86 cool. i was if you uh, say it, it's cool grade. so you, i didn't cool actually hear it until 88 i guess was probably the first time i ever heard master of puppets so you didn't hear it until much later after it until came ninth out grade yeah, but a little, a little bit of two time. years later. Yeah, so your first exposure was Kill 'Em All, which was probably a week before I heard this. Okay, one. you know what I mean? It was like, oh, Tommy, for whatever reason, we talked about this before. Yeah. He had his pulse on right. the cool metal, right? <laughs> and I didn't know. Was your connection? Well, I mean, I'm coming from Aerosmith and Van Halen yeah. and Zeppelin. I wonder where he got it. When and he did. Rat. 
We need yeah. to ask him. Yeah, that we do. We need to get his ass in here and yeah, talk to him about that because probably talk to his rug dealer. <clears throat> <laughs> Relaxer dealer. I'm sorry. It's a so, relaxers and rugs are the same. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it ahead. went from all of that to Guns N' Roses, and we thought that was heavy, right? When Appetite came out, it was like, yeah. wow, these guys are different than Poison and Motley Crue. Right. I mean, they were still heavy for what they were, yeah. but I mean, not like Master Puppets. And I'm heavy. telling you, Appetite. Is up there was that's also a classic a album, classic sure. album, yeah. But then when I heard this, it was just like a whole nother world, you know. And uh, God bless that Tommy Christopherson. Talk about some that Tommy is a blessing. Significant is a blessing. Cred. They actually got pinged by the Library of Congress. What for being the most badass album ever? Yeah, became the first metal recording to be selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry for being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Which is a fancy way of saying that this is a fucking important album and we need to recognize it. Thank you, Library of Congress, for your smartitude. Library of Congress, Adolf, whichever character you want to call it. <laughs> Peaked at 29 on Billboard 200. Yeah. That's pretty good for no well, airplay and no video play. Yeah, no video, no singles. Nada. Not a single luxury. Not a goddamn bit of it anywhere to be found. Not at all. all I, right. I always think of their producer as a Viking. I don't know why. I don't Rasmussen. Know Fleming Rasmussen. It's just like, I just picture him like, you will go in and record or I will set everything on fire. I don't know if he actually talks like that. If I Michael nailed Scott. it. <laughs> All of a sudden, Vikings are Scottish. <laughs> he might be. I don't know. I'm not judging. Rasmussen, that actually. Uh, it sounds kind of Russian-ish, you think? Yeah. Maybe. Like G. Rasputin. Yeah, like that dude. <laughs> that, that, that other dude. Yeah, that, that other dude, man. I used to play bowling with him. Do you ever play bowling with somebody? <laughs> okay, let's get back on task. I used to shoot bowling all the time. Shoot bowling. Do you wonder what would have happened had Cliff not tragically passed Everyone, on that tour? And we all do. But know. do you think that they would have had the same trajectory? Well, you know what's funny? Some of the songs on Justice, I think he had a play a hand in. in. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You can kind of hear the textures and the, the vibe. The yeah. There's an interview with Cliff in Sweden uh, with a local radio guy right before they got on the bus. I mean, like literally the day on before. that bus that day. Yeah, like literally the day before he passed. Fateful bus. And they asked him, "Where do you see Metallica going?" And he said, "And I'm not paraphrasing. I'm not. I can't quote it. Well, I am paraphrasing. Don't worry. We'll let the fact checkers check all this shit to make yeah, sure they it works. Will. <laughs> they will. The hate mail will come in. But no, Cliff Burton said he saw them becoming more melodic and possibly slower. He those were his words. Yeah." And I well, he brought that to them. He really, especially did. on this album. Oh yeah, if you think about it. Well, yeah, some of the right? slower cuts. Yeah, yeah, I mean they definitely. Oh, fucking Orion is all Cliff. Yeah, you know. Well, well, they were thinking that you know, usually it was Hetfield and Laryngitis that were doing most of the writing, and I think his, I think on this album, his influence. You know, they were finally starting to let him in a little more. Yeah. You know? Well, yes. Yeah, but see, like I was still like watching all the guitar so solos and stuff because you know that's what that's what Gum does. It makes you want to watch guitar solos, so that that's why I always watch Kirk play guitar to make sure his solos are up to up to par. And you're right; that's why it's so good. Yeah, it is. I mean, really. But they couldn't have stayed fast forever. It's like it's like the Slayer paradox. Like they couldn't have put out 
rain and blood over and over and over and over and over again. Right. It's like, all right, you've done the super fast shit. Now what? Well, they couldn't have kept doing the super. I mean, because there was fast as fuck shit on here oh, that yeah. they could never yeah, do absolutely. again. But you look at Kill 'Em All and Ride; those were very heavily Mustang rift albums. I think uh, when I listen to Kill 'Em All, I hear Mustang. But they still sound cohesive, though, as Metallica. It doesn't sound like a different band, you it, know? right? But it had that punk attitude more so than Master can, did. To me, Master went more melodic. More classical. Master is more honed, maybe more mature sounding. Yeah. I think this is also the first one that all four of the members actually wrote all the songs. Right, where right? it didn't have that Mustang influence right. as much. Now, there there are haters out there going to say, oh, Mustang. I, th- I, think, there was, there, I think there was some remark about, I think it might have been Leper Messiah. Like there was one riff that maybe might have been from something he did. Could have been. Yeah. And I think they may have given him credit for that, like off the record or something. Yeah. But. But short of that, but I mean that—that's probably the most unique of those three. Of Kill 'Em All, Ride, and this. Yeah, this sounds nothing like those other two. No, not yeah. uh, not at all. But in the same sense, all three of those albums sound completely different from each other. I mean, I would say Ride sounds more like Kill 'Em All than it does Master of Puppets, but they're all still individually different albums. But uh, I mean, well, that's yeah. what was good about that. That's what was good about the time, right? Because. Metallica did that for the first four or five albums, right? Yep. Everything was different. Everything was different. Yeah. So was Pantera. Right. So was Zeppelin. So right. Was, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. was Sabbath, really. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. Alex, can we get a ruling? Ooh. <laughs> I think that's the ambiguous ooh. I don't know if that's an approval ooh or a I'm sorry ooh. Slayer was the same way. Right? Kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Until Each they got one was to. Different. You know, a certain. To me, it was like after the South of Heaven, they started getting a little. Well, you find your. I think you find your voice, and you eventually kind of plateau as wherever you are. And and not to say that they plateau with this, but I think this is kind of the pinnacle of when you think of Metallica, like '80s Metallica, right? This is kind of the the golden marker. It is. It's the holy grail of Metallica, in my opinion. I love Injustice for All. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, so do I. I would like a little bit more bass <laughs> on the you mean, album. You mean, wait a minute. You mean kind of like the one that came on after Injustice for All? Sorry, that was an accidental Black Album reference. <laughs> See what I did there? Just, Sorry, this episode's going to have a shitload of Black Album references, so get ready. Go ahead and take your get ready there and get that dead horse out of the yard and let's beat the <laughs> fuck out of that motherfucker. <laughs> Go ahead and take your get ready, pill. Thank you, Napoleon. <laughs> shall we? Uh, shall we get into some tracks? If you want, of course. Can y'all hear the ice? Just making sure. I would shake my beer, but then it might like come all over my. What? It'll what? <laughs> Gross. Come too much head. Whatever. I don't know. But what? I can't try to capture the carbonation. Well, let's listen to James instead. This would be battery. never get tired of this no yeah when this came on in the car i was like what now the first time you hear it you're like what the <laughs> what fuck in the world? but now when you hear it the hair stands up on your arms because <laughs> you know what's coming you know oh yeah you can feel it see that alone sounds amazing mm-hmm. and it lets you know how good a musicians they are you might Bingo. not have known it before this album <laughs> 
say that can't be loud enough. That's like metal. metal, yeah. I can totally hear that. <laughs> Metallica always kind of had that vibe, though. Oh, and I was thinking, oh, this is sounding good. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Ooh. First time I heard that, I'm like, how the fuck is he doing that? That's a guitar. That sounds an, like a machine gun. That's an ooh of extreme approval. I don't know how the fuck he did it. it sounds like a machine gun. I always thought it was delay pedals. I'm like, that's the secret. That's the answer. It's delay pedals. Uh, uh. And honestly, I think his voice is perfect mm-hmm. for the music. Perfect. It's the fucking speed, the precision. But that's track one, people. <laughs> you know what's funny? It made it so hard for me to listen to the whole album initially because it was like I, I'd listen to Battery and just be like, God damn, it's unbelievable. And I'd listen to it again. I would just keep going back and listening. I wouldn't I wouldn't even let it go because I'm like, i got to hear it again. <laughs> again. It's like a kid. I'm like, again, again. Yeah. Same fucking thing. Yeah. Master of Puppets, Ozzy Show. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. I had the shirts, and I'm just like thinking back now. I'm like, I would have done anything to go to that show. Oh, yeah. yeah, It's like, did you know you were about to be a part of history? Yeah. Right. I thought this part was amazing. Oh, yeah. We got it. Uh oh. This one's the frost. Absolutely. Or as Cliff used to say in Cliff them all, absolutely motherfucking lootly. And then we have the title track, or the titly track, depending on how you pronounce that word. <laughs> what? I figure this song, if you can play every guitar part in this song, you are a master of six strings. This, uh, 
That was the benchmark back in the day. I'll I'll just go ahead and toot my horn here. Uh, Go ahead, Tudor. I I was in (laughs) thank you, Tootie McTooterson over here. I was in a Metallica tribute band. I got to play James, and um, this we probably did I don't know six or seven shows. We didn't play a lot uh, over a year and a half, but it was the most fun I'd had since probably the decimation days. I mean, just the, once me and Brian, Brian was in it as well. Once we got to the point where we were nailing the harmonies and nailing the wrist, because it takes time. Nail the wrist. (laughs) Sorry. The the wrist action and, and, uh, in these songs. I mean, honestly, we've been playing covers for the last however many years that were, you know, radio rock party stuff. Right. Yeah. But then when you start practicing this stuff, your arms hurt at the end of the night. Like all the veins are popping out of the forearm. I'm sure. Yeah. I got to tell you, if I'm being honest, I'm pretty well rehearsed with the wrist action. So <laughs> I'm pretty good with this. Gross. I was ready for Master of Puppets before it was ready for me. I just want to put that out there on public record. God bless you. Master of your domain. That's right. But I'll My down picking hand is exceptional. <laughs> All whatever, seven minutes of the song or whatever. We played from beginning. Now, when we did Battery, we did start a few shows off with Battery, but we tracked the beginning, just like they do. Right. And then we come in with a talent, talent, talent. Yeah. Uh, but Master of Puppets, we played that one from beginning to end. That, and that's a, that's a, that's a lot of changes in that song. If As a musician, you know that's a lot of changes in that song. You know song. what the funny thing is, though? The hardest riff in the song Art, for it to me is is the verse the the Just verse right down picking trying to sing that yeah i'm sure well that, that that's something that i don't think people give credit where credit's due because if you've ever tried to sing and play guitar at the same time yeah. even if you're trying to just sing some three song shitty ballad George to your love interest yeah it's still a challenge to do it, but when you could do it that fast and that precise and pull that shit off live, it, that's a fucking miracle. Yeah, it, it that was, takes some effort. It was hard, and but that made it fun again because, like we, like I said, we've been doing. Yeah, so you're saying it was fun again because it was hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Ding. throbbing. Just being sure. <laughs> Ding. Throbbing. <laughs> no, wait a minute. You didn't say how hard it was. Now hold on. Cat couldn't scratch it. Yeah, I mean, just it. It took you back to those old, the way we used days. to play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, oh, we did uh, uh, damage ink. Holy shit! But but just even before we go on, because prior to this, metal wise, yeah, I was not familiar with the thrash at all. So like, this was the fastest shit I'd ever heard in my fucking life. Oh yeah, at this point when I heard it. But it was like with every song, like, okay, battery just played. Oh, my mind's blown. I got to go back and play that again. But like with every fucking song that would play, there'd be something new that would pop up. Like, holy shit, that's amazing. How the fuck do they do that? Yep. And no, great. the second track, the title track, Master of Puppets, ASMR.
and I can actually hear the layering. Yeah. Headphones. Headphones. Oh yeah. Don't deny the power of headphones. Fucking bass sounds amazing too. Yeah, it does. Kind of an unusual time signature, too. Yeah. I actually cheated. I didn't play the power chords, I just played the single notes. Poser. (laughs) Watch a recent video of him playing it. He's doing the same damn thing. (laughs) Dude, you're not authentic, dude. You're a poser. Large cat. Laura's catch is so much shit, and he sounds great on this album. Yeah. Man, there's some complex shit in those songs, man. Razor's Edge guitar tone they have on there. Yeah. It's just like so freaking precise. Hello. Thank you, Mesa Boogie. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds so good, man. I think yeah. they used a the combo. Headphones. I thought they used a combination of Marshalls used, and Mesas uh, on this one. I think it was all Mesa. Primarily Mesa. Mark 2C. It's been like the holy grail of guitar tone for yeah. Evra. Checking it as we speak. Yeah, I don't know if it shows it. Yeah, probably not. You have to Googleize the the gear, and everybody thinks they know. You have to actually get. I'm pretty it sure, them. actually, I looked at it this afternoon. I think it is the Mesa Boogie. I think it's a Mark II C Plus. Hence the Harry Grail of Tone. Well, they were using. Let's them. wait for Master Puppers. Come on, let's check it out, man. Is that like a dog thing or something? Puppers. Oh my god. That's yeah, gonna be a Mark II C plus. Yep. There you go. Modded it, wait a minute. Both playing through Mesa Boogie Marshall into modded. It was James and Kirk, so perhaps but Kirk was playing through the Marshall. Read the re- rest of it. Slaved into modded one hundred watt JCM eight hundreds. I told you it was a combo. Mesa though. And Marshall. They use Marshall power amps. It's okay. Marshall's a part of the... We're going to say Mason first. <laughs> <laughs> My point is we're both right. Both. both. We're both. So we're both right. Yeah. This is the whole reason I bought a fucking JCM 800. This is, this is why it's the end of the end of the end of time. It's because we're both right. That's scary. Only in a parallel universe can, can Matt and Russ both be right. Slaved into 100 white Marshall JCM 800s. Slaved. That they used on uh, Ride the Lightning. Well, that gets into like all that crazy engineering shit, like when they get into like doing yeah. stuff in the. Yeah. It is what Vikings do when they make <laughs> albums. They try and do all kinds of crazy black magic and then make this stuff happen. I don't know why this Viking sounds somehow Russian. Yeah, I was about to say a French Russian. <laughs> 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 
French Russian? What would that be? A Russian? Russian. What the fuck's a French? A villain in a James no, Bond movie. I'm sorry, I'm wrench. That is what I am. <laughs> I'm not Russian. I'm wrench. It's not wrench. It's wrench. Wrench. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yes, this part going into the solo with the oopsie that became iconic. Wait for it. And by the way, this was the mosh part right here coming up. The slow mosh. This is when everybody's fist went up in the air. Everybody's heard of fisting? Yeah, pretty much. No, not pretty much. Awesome. And here's the mistake. Was that the mistake? I don't know, but it was awesome. Whereas uh, String got caught in his pickup. Oh, that was the uh, that was that crazy. Oh, the one saying that. Sorry, that was my impression of it. (laughs) That was amazing. This part, the way they did this change to get back into the main room. Yeah, with the harmonies. Whenever me and Brian would make it through that part, we'd look at each other like, yeah. <laughs> if you could pull that shit off and you could pull yeah. it off tight, we did it. you do have Riff Lord status. You have advanced to the next round. And, uh, Brian's awesome, too. He's uh, really good. He is. That he is. I miss playing with him. Yeah, he's, he's awesome for sure. Yeah. That Brian is a blessing. He is that a blessing. He is. He is. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, now we're getting into some... Lovecraft. Yeah. You know. I knew nothing about H.P. Lovecraft when I first heard the thing that should not be. I was lucky enough to see them perform this live. And they don't do it on a lot of tours. You're right, but they the don't. show that I happen to go to, One of Which the shows one? I happen to go to is. Uh, fuck. Oh, yeah? Yeah, hold on. It was either <laughs> the, was the last one, 17. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. I've seen him quite a few times. Let's see. Uh, I think I've seen him thrice times. I only like saw seven him for me. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Appreciate you saying it though. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it. I'm so sorry. I think they played it either the last one or the one before that. Okay. Like, um, like I mean, Hardline, like or Death Magnetic. Uh, either hardwired like or death recent? metal. Those are the two that I know. It was either hardwired or the one before death. Death metal. That would have been Saint Angler, I believe. Yeah. Before death. I didn't see him on Saint Anger, so it had to be. I don't think anybody did. Nobody saw Metallica on Saint Anger except for Lars's drums, his snare drums specifically. That's the only. <laughs> that's the only thing that saw Metallica during the Saint Anger tour was Lars Ulrich. That was not his snare, snare drum. <laughs> that was a dumpster <laughs> fire. Hold on, oh. I'm doing my impression of Lars's snare sound. <laughs> 
It was more of a pop, 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 boom, 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 boom. Did you say it's? Would you say it's like a bong sound or? Sorry, see what I was doing there. Bong, bong. Didn't he get the guy from Def Leppard's drum on this one? Yeah, it was the snare drum, I think, specifically. Because yeah. at that yeah. point, he only had one arm. <laughs> on master? No. On, yeah, I believe so. I don't. I don't think it was because he lost his arm. That's why he got when to were, actually do it when yeah. they were recording. When they were recording, I yeah. didn't know that. He, he, he liked the sound. He liked the, the sound. Drum. Yeah. And yeah. Mike said, "Hey, I gotta have it." Yeah. So well, that's pretty cool. I guess we yeah. can say yeah. then that Def Leppard has a high degree of tangentiality to Metallica. Rick yeah. Allen, yeah. Yeah, the one arm bandit. Rick Hailed Allen to Rick made Allen. it into our uh, podcast. Way to go, Rick! Congratulations. Hey, who's to say we, we may not? We might do Pyromania at some point. I'm just saying it's part of I the love album. That album. Actually, I do love that album as well. Oh, it's a great ass album. swell. Tama drum. Tama. Well, you know, Lars had a. Uh, I had an endorsement to go Tama back in the day, but they fucking shorted me on the gum, so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put up with that anymore. It says uh, snare drum from Def Leppard drummer Rick Allen. Yep. Yeah. Cool. That's I had no idea. But there we go. I learned something today, everybody. Wikipedia is the truth, man. So, uh, the thing. Yeah. That shan't. The thing that should not be. This is. It's one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah. Of Metallica. Uh, like period it's the heaviness uh, factor to me right and this that was one of my points earlier when i said they have some great thrash songs on this album but this is a great heavy metal song it's not thrash well and they, they've got it's stuff like prog in a way but that's the beauty of this album even with metallica is they kind of managed to intersperse all that shit together where you didn't really it didn't stick out like a sore thumb right because like Leopard Messiah, like the beginning part, that's not even really thrash. And this song is not really a thrash tune, but it's heavy as right. Fuck. I think this was their first attempt at just heavy. Oh like, yeah, you know well, they fucking nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I I don't mean it like that, but you know what I'm saying. Without being fast, this was like just heavy. Here's a question: because yeah. something about the way, not only just this album, but this song in particular. Like, do y'all remember, like, when, I know we talked about Dio and Ozzy on our most recent episodes, but remember how when we heard them and they had, like, a sound that was kind of different than what was happening? Yeah. Like, leveling up, like, next level, that was kind of how it was? Yeah. That's kind of what this album was to me. It was, like, taking all the stuff I'd heard up to that point in metal and then, like, raising, well, like, raising the level, kind of like what Pantera did when Cowboys came out, like, just raising the bar. Yeah. And that's kind of what this this was like because things should not be is not really a thrash song at all, but it's heavy. As By no fuck. means, it absolutely cannot be heavy enough. No, no, but it fits the album perfectly. <clears throat> Sorry, it can't be loud enough. Yeah, also can't be heavy enough. We'll have to do a can't be heavy enough series at some point, which I'm sure that one will. Be I agree on. with both sentiment, but both, both, both but, of them. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and it comes to the perfect spot of the album because you just had battery, you had master of puppets, and then it's like. We're going to slow the tempo down a bit, but yeah. we're going to blast your freaking balls off with this heavy, you know. Same with Broom the Beltles, right? It's right. the same kind right. of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, the tracking, yep. I guess, yep. with lightning and puppets is very similar. Yes. similar. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Good it's kind of like yeah. if you got a winning formula, why fuck it up? Actually, and Justice for All. And they love well, some. If you think about well, it. Kind of. Although, not, not to get off on a tangent on that, but for some reason. Tangentially. I know it's tangentially related to Injustice for All, but for whatever reason, when Blacken started, I was like, oh my God, they don't have an acoustic intro. This sucks. 
No, but it was a because reverse. Because I've been conditioned. Well, but I've been conditioned with right. lightning and with puppets. I was like, hey, man, where's the fucking acoustic intro, bro? You <laughs> lied to me, bro. What the fuck, bro? I thought I knew you, man. And it turns out I didn't know them at all. Yeah. So, just real quick. It's I, a pause, not a fade. I don't know what it is about... What I've always not liked about this album is it doesn't seem as loud as all the other ones. Like in the mastering process, you mean? Yeah. It's not as... It's like... Obviously, Maybe they it, it can't it be out. loud enough, but it yeah. can't... There's not enough... It's dynamics? Like, yeah, there's not enough volume in it. Hmm. If if I put if I put it on ten, yeah, and I put in Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, Justice for All, it's like out of control. But this one, it just it's it's almost perfect, right? But you want it a little louder. I don't know. So it like needs to have for more me. abrasiveness gain. in the mix. You think for you yeah. or yes? They cut the gain back or something. I could see that. <laughs> Maybe the decide and let us know what you think at metalbrewerymix.com. Fucking poetry. You can hear the picks scratching against the strings. I would call that early gent. Yeah. Mm. Pre black album gent core. Boom. the most technical drummer out there but he get on it he follows the riffs perfectly well that know? was the magic metallica though yeah. especially with this album it's just like the guitars and the drums just kind of lock it's right together. there together yeah I, you know but that's heavy as fuck man i've never yeah. heard anything that heavy before this uh, and when i heard it i was like holy what the fuck am i listening to yeah you can like uh, it's so heavy the bass and everything just yeah for real. It was only louder. <laughs> Something past 11.
funny thing about this though. We could just shut the fuck up. I could listen to now. Yeah, we could listen to this all the way through. I'd be good. I know, right? It never gets it never gets old. That it solo really does. Oh, we gotta hear the solo. Oh yeah, good point. Because this solo is crazy. It's kind of double tracked, but it, yeah. it is kind of weird. It's creepy. Yeah. It's the creepiest solo I've ever heard that's not Slayer. Kind of an aggressive solo, you know? It, it's just different, yeah. That is so fucking heavy. We, would it be ridiculous for us to do a Candy Heavy, heavy enough? Oh, that'd be fun. Because uh, I feel like that would have to be on there. That was an on mic burp. And I'm sorry. I smell it. God bless you. Gross. That would be the smell <laughs> of Johnny's lunch special. That's two slices of pepperoni and five beverages of your choice that don't necessarily all have to be alcoholic. Anyway, moving on to the next song. All right, so this possibly could be the first Metallica song I ever heard, and here's why. When they did the Monsters Rock Tour with uh, Van Halen. Hold on. God damn, I smell it too. Yeah, did you get some of that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking make your eyes water, won't no, no. <laughs> Keep that shit in your mouth. It must have been a lingerer. It wasn't a grower. Hey, it was a grower. It, it was, was a brush your teeth fogger. with dog shit. <laughs> Fuck. No, that just, Look, no. apparently, Billiam, dog shit's really good for the cavity creep. It just knocks them right out. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Russell. Right, sorry, this is Mark, <laughs> you guys. Yeah, I was gonna. I was saying that this next song is probably the first Metallica song I ever heard, and it's only because they went on the Monsters Rock tour with Van Halen, Scorpion, Stock, and Kingdom Come. Scorpions, Scorpions. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So I remember being. Uh, this was, you know, my favorite thing we did every summer. We went to Myrtle Beach because when we stayed in the camper in Myrtle, we camped in this big campground, right? And they had cable. So when you plugged your TV into the TV thing there, you had MTV, which I didn't have at home at the time because we were poor. <laughs> <laughs> we were we had this poor little kid. Anyway. Well, he was poor too, man. We didn't so either. they did this uh, promotion for the Monsters of Rock MTV tour. And the film that they showed of Metallica, which I really hadn't heard of, uh, they were playing Welcome Home Sanitarium. Oh. And Kirk was lead. Was playing the lead part of it, and I was like, oh, that's fucking badass. You know, I was a huge Van Halen fan, so right. that's why I was watching this whole thing. And then I saw... Mesmerized. And, and uh, George Lynch was playing... Uh, they were... It was uh, Mr. Scary or something. Anyway, right. it was a cool little promotion thing, but when they showed Metallica, I'd never really heard of them. Ears perked up. like Yeah. Oh. yeah. It was like a moment of like, hey, of what's to come, you know, kind of yeah. like what I'll get into later. You know what's weird? Yeah, cool. When I first heard the intro to that, like the harmonics and stuff, like the beginning of it, yeah. I actually thought that was piano, like yeah. keyboard, like something about the sound of it. It did not sound like guitar. It I almost knew sounded it was like guitar, piano. but only because... 
of dazed and confused. But it was unusual, though. It was like it, you know that. Yeah, it kind of had that same sound a but, little but bit. But the yeah. sound of it, it just sounded weird, and I was like, "Is that a fucking what the fuck is that?" I was like, "Is that a piano?" Because plucking a piano screen. Yeah, see what you yeah. think. Yeah, welcome home, sanitarium. thought it was cool how the delay synced up with the music. I like how they work the rhythm of the actual delay time of the chorus and the delay into the rhythm of the song. Sorry, autistical music appreciation moments. I remember Tim and I would play this down in Tommy's basement. Like try to, you know, we put try to play it along together. Try to emulate it. Yeah. heavy lyrics to be dealing with at that age too. I was a 15-year-old pissed off kid. You know, this was my shit. Based off of uh, one for the other 50s. Yep. Yeah. Playing was really tasteful. Oh, it's always like very well done. It was almost like the meeting of, you know, heavy. How heavy can you get, and how melodic can you get? Yeah, they kind of sort of made that right down the middle, like they blended it together, which is perfect metal function at that age. Because you know. At that point, I wasn't into the rigor mortis and the accused right yet. yet. Yeah. What got me into heavy was the fact that they were so good at, you know, playing guitar and, you know, like, right. Anyway, so. Uh, Sorry, that's another I'll one. I'll shut up and let the song play now. Blowing it the other way. Holy shit, did your mouth fart? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Hi, this is G off Taint. Look for my new album, Fart from the Balls. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> What if your balls could fart? What room would they fart? That's scary. We're talking about crazy shit, so that seems totally appropriate. Let's listen to this part, we'll think about that. Oh, yeah. 
Give us some volume. I'll shut up. about Wawa usage yeah. like especially on <clears throat> uh, the black album okay uh, it, it's it's out there oh my god we're gonna say a lot we're gonna say a lot I'm sorry but for some reason his solo tone on puppets the whole album it's like it really stood out Did you notice yeah. that like it was r- way up front it wasn't overly wai well I know that sounds Hawaiian but like <laughs> the wah pedal was there but it was like it wasn't like no, he I guess used, the way it was produced, it wasn't in your face. He used it in parts, on, in my opinion. No, I'm just a dumbass, but in my opinion. <laughs> I know, but get to the point. No, sorry. <laughs> he used it in parts where it needed it. Um, so you think it was more subtle? Yeah, it was very. It wasn't well in the whatever album you mentioned. He used it. <laughs> the Black Album. <laughs> he used it in pretty Sell much. Sell out. Come on, just say it. Say it. He used it pretty much in every solo and every song the entire solo. On this album, he used the wah wah. He would to accent a different sound. So he would start a solo off without it, like just clean, straight edge. Yeah, I guess it was more subtle. And usage. then he would throw it in for a couple of parts, and then he would take it off again. So it's almost like it was more like a ninja move where you didn't really feel it and see it. It was kind of very subtle, whereas with that other album that we won't name, which we've already named a million times here, which I'm still going to hashtag, it's like it was on everything, and it was just like, oh, great, here we go. There's more of it. Versus, yeah, okay, that's a subtle statement. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, if we're going to be, you know, upfront about this, even freaking Cliff used it and uh, on this album. Yeah, but Cliff's different. Cliff's not a guitar player. <laughs> right. He's a bassist. But, well, on this album, he played a lot of solos. That's true. He did. Yeah. But he's also Cliff fucking Burton. True. He actually took one of them from Kurt, I think. What? Solo? Solos? Yeah. On Orion or? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I read that somewhere. So at this point, if you were listening to the cassette, this would be where you would take it out and flip it over and go to side deuce. Douche. Douche. Rubbed up like a douche. We used to, we used to play this one, remember? <laughs> oh, yes, we did. Now, yeah. let me tell you all this before you start it, because at I'm, this I, point, as a youngin, when I'd already listened to side one, I was like, holy shit, that was badass. I've got another side? Okay, what's this one going to be like? I couldn't believe that Disposable Heroes was fast, it's if not faster than Battery. Insane. Uh, yeah, I remember when now, you and Tim were, were playing, you guys were... <laughs> I got... Okay, so... Back this, when you used to jam with some dudes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I used to jam with some dudes. Uh, no, 
there there's a place in Atlanta, Georgia. If anybody's ever listening and you visit here, you want to check this out during the week. It's called Meddlesome Mondays. But they also do it on Friday and Saturday night as well. Where is this? It's at the Ten High, which is under the Dark Horse Tavern in Midtown. Sounds like an Asian place, but okay. No, Ten High. The number 10. Sounds delicious. The word high. All right, but it's uh, it's in Midtown, and a buddy of mine, Curtis Clark, who's been a musician in Atlanta since we started back in the day, also he owns it. Dispensary. But it's it's a full band karaoke thing. So he has the drummer Stuck Mojo or really? Fozzie, yeah, uh, Frank the Tank. He'll play drums. He has all these badass musicians, and you put your name in, you get it, get up on stage and sing. Right? So you're cool. actually jamming instead of just singing to some shitty backing track, right? right? It's a That's real cool. fucking band with good musicians, and uh, but he will do the thing like every couple months. It's uh, a tribute, and they did one night, which I kind of like. They'll do a priest. You know, then a few months later they did Maiden, and then a few months later they did Deep Purple. So they kind of pick a theme or pick a band, or right? Roll with and it. you have to sign up for it way before it happens. Uh, so like, so me and a few guys signed up. They did a Metallica night. We signed up at, for Disposable Heroes with me playing and singing. Oh, they let you play too? Oh yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, you got to bring your guitar, but you can plug into their amps. <laughs> and, they, and the way they produce this is amazing. You're talking about a hundred of me in the place, and they like. Get you up there, you do your song, you're gone. They get the next group up there, they do their song. Very efficient. Very efficient. Very cool. cool. And it's a lot of fun. And it's a bunch of nerds like us, you know. A lot of them you know from back in the day. Sure. Maybe they'd like to give us some advertising sponsorship. That's an idea. But anyway, my point behind all that bullshit was we did Disposable Heroes. And it reminded me of when we used to do Disposable Heroes and my freaking right arm, I wanted to just cut it off. But this time I had to sing it. So, oh, it was really, but MG got it on tape and I got to say, I did pretty good. Awesome. Pretty good. Did you give yourself at least an eight? I would go more of seven point five, seven and a quarter, but yeah, <laughs> seven and a quarter. But <laughs> Not even a seven and a half. Yeah. No, no, fuck it, seven and a quarter. I'm We're cutting it off there. Yeah, I'm I'm never pleased. Inside tooth again. And you know what's cool about this? I'm gonna talk back here so I don't talk over the music. It's very military sounding. Very. It's like, yeah. sounds like a war. It does sound like a, like marching into the battle. Marching, yeah. 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 Marching into fire. It's awesome that they can nail it. This is very military right here. Sounds like a machine gun. Part at all? I don't know. I think you guys did pretty good. We did all right. 
that part blew my fucking mind. I was like, what the fuck? That part blows my mind. That is a beautiful transition. Flawless. Judges, tens across the board, huh? Excellent. Those lyrics. Singing and playing over that. I have to fuck out of here. I did it. I didn't sound that good. James is a rip for it, so I mean. Not to say you're not, I'm just saying no, you're not James. The level he is. Yeah. You know, he's, a, he's definitely at a ridiculous level. Right. Back to the front. You will do what I say when I say back to the front. You will die when I say you must die back to the front. You coward, you servant, you blind man. Such a fucking badass riff. That's it's awesome. Like, even now, I mean, 30-something, what, what are we at? 35 years later? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you said, it's like I listen to this, it's like I'm 13, 14 years yeah. old again. It like, throws you right back to your teens. And I'm telling you, he's not a Robert Plant. He's not, uh, you know, Sammy Hagar. Or, but his voice is so perfect for this album. It's like I could not... Yeah. Could not That's imagine. This was like one like of those stars aligned kind of things. Yeah. Like this was one of those like everything kind of came together and coalesced, yep. and it was like perfect. Yeah, yeah. And this is when they realize. I th- honestly think this is when they realize they were badasses. It was like after we, they recorded this, they're yeah. like, "Well, you know, it's funny. I, I was <laughs> looking at something before the show, and Kirk actually made it some comment that you know we just thought this was we're going in." Kind of like the guys in Slayer when they did Rain and Blood. Like, oh, we right. just thought we were going in doing the next record, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. And how did it feel? Because yeah. you hear that and you're thinking, bullshit, you did not think that. But then again, maybe they did. Cause they I were, don't know. I, I, I've i recorded before and I just can't imagine coming out of the studio and listening to that and not going, holy shit, we just changed the world. They yeah. might have they I mean, they had they a had feeling when know. they finished they that had something was magic. Yeah, I'm they sure had they did. Know. You know. <laughs> Uh, you know what, Leopard, Leopard Messiah taught me how to count. That was the I know first not drop one D yet. Metallica song, right? The strap theme, Leopard Messiah. What? Then they dropped D in that one. Drop D. Oh, man. yeah, drop D is way different than D's. strap theme. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Am I that about? congested? Where you can't? Uh, I don't know. No, he can't hear shit. I digest. <laughs> Probably turn me down in the mix. No, I learned how to count to five by Leopard Messiah. Yeah. Yeah, see, guys, what happened is, like, I was able to count to four before, but then I got some juicy fruit, and I was like, holy shit, I can count to five. It's, like, totally mind-expanding, so. Oh, yeah, anyway, uh, if if you're in the neighborhood, go to metalnerdery.com slash merch. Go buy this shit, because uh, these guys will let me talk about gum more than I've ever been allowed to in Metallica, because James wouldn't let me do a gum solo album. So, you know, anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. Anyway, uh, here's Leopard Messiah. This is where I count to five. <laughs> One, two. 
that was heavy as fuck. No, I was wrong. That still fucking balls, then, man. Throwing a little backwards echo on here. Just make it heavier. Again, not a thrash song, but heavy. No, heavy as, as fuck. fuck. Yes. Popular uh, topic back then was uh, evangelical TV guy. Televangelist? Yeah. He's singing on this fucking album. I'm telling you, he sounds awesome. I think. This really was kind of your pinnacle during that time. Yeah. I love it. Well, what was beautiful is they made his vocals very articulate, where you could hear every you could hear fucking every consonant. Word you right. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, that even talking about Rain and Blood, which we haven't talked about yet, but we will eventually. The vocals were very upfront and very super clear. Which you can't get away from whatever being said at that point. It's yeah. like you can't hide behind reverb. It's like, holy shit, I can hear every word. It's right. like, fuck. Well, I like knowing the words of the song, you know. But no. somehow that has a difference, though. When you can really hear, like, clearly the words, yeah. it hits different than if it's like, oh, I got to go look this up. I don't, because I, you can sing along to it. Yeah. And that's fun. I thought he <laughs> said ribbed right? up like a douche, yeah. man. I don't know. Oh, ribbed up like a douche? Wait, is that like a... Do women use those to? I don't. I don't know, man. What's the difference? I mean, well, hey, you honey, wash do, your thing with one of them. Oh, <laughs> play cards with the other. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> up like a douche. We're gonna do a misheard lyrics episode pretty soon, so get ready. Did y'all believe it when they went to the fast part of Leopard Messiah? We're just coming up right now. So like five hours in, Bill. Not even. Not even. <laughs> can't, can't overdub that. Oh, yeah. Victory metal. Yeah, it is kind of victory yeah. metal in a way. We'll call it early victory metal. Yeah, kind of. Core. Pre-black album, early victory metal core. <laughs> God, that's so good. Yeah. Is. Uh, it's tight as shit, too. Perfectly choreographed. Little Satriani magic. Yeah. 
Everybody always said Kirk had a very European feel. I kind of get that. Yeah. The shinker and like kind of that yeah. vibe. Well, know? that was a big influence. He yeah. loved UFO. Yeah. That was like, yeah. And uh, what were the... Uh, what were they called? Other dual guitar bands. Uh, Tim Lizzy? Yeah. Tim Lizzy. He was a big fan of UFO and Tim Lizzy. I don't see how you could like any two guitar band and not like Tim Lizzy. Right. We'll have to include that on our influencers episode. Whenever we get there, good call. All right, we'll just start doing the metal nerdery ASMR all the they time. Were... Hold on, let me turn this down a little bit. Whoop, whoop. Now they, the next one. They were actually listening to a lot of um, the Police and Simon and Garfunkel, really, and, um, and Kate Bush, really. really? While they, yeah, while they were doing <clears throat> this. Well, those wow. things got to drop in some melody and some different perspective, I guess, amongst yeah. the thrash and whatnot. That makes sense. There was one time I think I was reading an interview in like Guitar World or something where, I don't know if it was James or Kirk mentioning it, but they were talking about certain bands that they, they didn't say they lifted riffs from, but they kind of were very heavily influenced. And apparently there were some interesting ones they were influenced. Rush was one of them. Yeah. Well, I could see that. During I mean, it's time. Next, we have the instrumental Orion. I think this would be a fantastic frosting song. Or maybe go make a but you almost don't want to cocktail miss it, song. Well, you know what's really cool? Uh, I picked the daughter up from school the other night, and I cranked Orion when she got in the car. Now, she went and saw Metallica with us in 2017 at SunTrust Park. Oh, yeah. And she didn't make fun of y'all? Oh, she loved them. Oh, oh I have a great pick. We were against the rail. 15 feet away from James Hetfield the entire show. Wow. Right. Nice. We got picks. All of us got picks. Right. Well, they threw buckets of them out, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but MG's got a picture. My wife and my daughter have a picture up against the rail, like a a selfie. And you can see James like, 15 feet behind them yeah and they're and my daughter's you know, double yeah. horns and then you know awesome. like oh they had a blast because it was avenged volby and metallica a great show and before avenged was the uh dj from the beastie boys the guy who did all the beastie ah, boys cool. and he what he was doing was mixing metal songs to kind of like beastie boys no, no shit right. it was, oh damn it, it was really fun yeah but uh they did a ryan that night with trujillo doing all the bass stuff and that was like the moment where the crowd just kind of chilled, like because it was. I'm telling you, they didn't come on stage until nine thirty, and they played till eleven thirty. They played wow. two hours straight. That's solid. Usually, cut the power like on an eleven or something. Yeah, or they played two up. hours straight. Now my old ass stood up front as long as I could. I yeah. made it. I made it the masters, which was about halfway through the show. And they're, the, the son and the daughter, the wife, they're all still having a blast. And my knees gave out on me. And I'm like, you know what? And what was so cool about that venue, though, right up front, it was awesome. But I went and sat. We were on the general admission. On the <laughs> I field. sat in the Geritol VIP I did. <laughs> no, I went and sat right before the seat started. Yeah. Like, just sat down on the ground. And it was just as cool there as it was being up against the rail. Yeah, cool, yeah. But the sound, everything was all... But back there, you could see all the shit they were doing on the videos and stuff. But they did Orion, and it was magical. Even though it wasn't Cliff on bass, it sounded Did they have, like, like visuals and stuff? Yeah. Like, movie kind Well, of they stuff showed coming? Cliff. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really they, cool. They, the, the, during the whole thing, they had Cliff, you know, showing him it like he was playing, but it was... Oh, that's cool. It was sure. really cool. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I, I, I always thought it was cool as shit when I figured out, like, looking in the liner notes, it would show who did what solo, because I didn't know that James had actually did a solo yeah. on Orion. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's cool, because the way it all kind of came together. It's a more bluesy one. Yeah, but yeah. it they could have been super indulgent because remember it was the eighties. So they could have right. gone like super, you know, shreddy and do all that stuff, but they kept it very tasteful. That song is so tasteful. Like oh, the yeah. whole thing. Like, Everything about it is. Yeah. It, when the, I remember the first time I ever heard it, what went through my mind when the guitar kicks in and the solo part, when the bass is do, 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 the slow part, the little yeah. three, four waltzy part. I can see a train. When that guitar kicks in, it just always reminded me of a train coming down. Interesting. Like, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Should we Freaking get into the Orion? I could live as, uh, listen to this song. Yeah, this is great. It's like time travel for us because it's yeah, like getting right. back in the time travel machine to 1986. I'm going to time travel to the Frosting Room. You know what? I've nicknamed my prostate Wilson because I think that's how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, brother, I don't believe I told that. I don't give a shit. I will. <laughs> I'll say just about anything. A lot of us. Orion and Russell's going to Frost.
Jésus. out there that's written in 3-4, which is generally considered a waltz. Hi, this is Geoff Taint. I couldn't help but comment on this as we're listening, since at one point we did tour with Metallica, and therefore are tangentially connected. Oh, I saw that tour. The Queensryche, uh, I think it was Justice yeah. Black Crime, probably? Yeah, they opened for... Metallica on but the that Justice would have been Tour. So quality. I would have loved to have seen that. I didn't really care about Queen's Rag at the time. I know. I know. I'm sorry, really Bill. I know you're not a huge fan, <laughs> but hopefully my new upcoming documentary, Scream from the Balls, How to Sing in Queen's Rag, will change your mind. Yeah, probably not. I think it might. Maybe a little bit. You never know. You never know. Now we're down to the damage ink, and Russell went out, no doubt. To, I think he had probably a Frost Plus episode. <laughs> for he went for a Joe. Oh, yeah. All these songs Joe. are long as shit. Well, they were kind of on the progressive side, I guess. I thank you, good, kind sir. You made it back just in time for the big finale. This was probably one of the more progressive ones. They did, they went full progressive on Justice, like uber progressive, like super, super, super duper duper, like two supers and two dupers. <laughs> Sorry. Fucking but, idiot. But this one they didn't they didn't go overkill, but I mean they backshadowing. But they did kind of <laughs> I couldn't help it. E Master of Puppets. <laughs> Damage E <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, these were some long ass fucking songs. I mean, eight minutes long. It eight songs and it was like fifty almost fifty five minutes long. That's that's a lot for eight songs. Yeah. But they did have a lot to say, though, and the way they structured their songs were not exactly just like, you know, hi, we're like the more simplified version of Kiss. You know, there was actually no. some quality and some complexity to the songs. They weren't writing radio hits. No, they were not. You know, they were writing fucking... I can't even think. I do got to say <laughs> something, though. The stuff that they wanted to play, that yeah. they wanted to hear. I, I got to say something, because I know people think I'm going to be crazy for saying this but i don't give a fuck because it's true yeah, we know i swear you. to jesus and satan jesus. that i heard welcome home sanitarium on 96 rock when i was younger back in the day it like 11 30 or midnight but i swear to god i heard it on the radio now they occasionally used to surprise you with something Ooh, we're gonna Wait. be all shocking and like controversial and play some heavy metal after dark well, okay. you know you had the guy in there working the night shift hoping the boss wasn't listening it's was like fuck it i'm gonna play this you know and god bless those djs because yeah. they are a blessing we are now down to the last track which would be the damage incorporated and this is absolutely a finale if i've ever heard one yeah th this song kind of is like let's pull out all the stops let's see how fast we can go let's see how fucking badass we can make the riff right before the solo and let's see if we can make the solo completely rip rectum while and we're at it 
And rip rectum, see what it did? It's like rip ass. <laughs> and hold on, and, Russ had another and to throw in there. And they threw a couple of F bombs in this one. I know. Yeah. That that kind of always made me oh, feel yeah. good. Yeah, well, yeah, it made you as a 15, 16 year old, you're like, fuck it all and fucking no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> I always made sure that my volume had Tourette's whenever that part came on. I'm like, ooh, F word part. Turn it up to 11. Yeah. And that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. And now my family wonders why I'm weird. <laughs> How do they know? It's Master uh, Puppets. And also, I love, I, I want a t-shirt that says, honesty is my only excuse. That's just a great line. That is a great line. Yes. Yeah. I love that. All right. There's so without further ado. Damage. Damage ASMR. We just had it with part of Metal Nerdery ASMR. <laughs> e. Currently. <ASMR. laughs> Currently you're listening to Incorporated intro ASMR. <laughs> it took me a minute to figure out that was bass. That's all bass? No, nah, there's mm-hmm. some guitar in there too. The high, the real high parts. I think that's Cliff. If you go back up on the wiki. No, the part that sounds like a whale having sex is a guitar, I think. A whale having sex? Whale. A whale. Box comes sweet death. Series of reversed bass chords based on the choral prelude. This part right here. Shh. Yeah. I gotta be honest. You can't be loud, See what I'm saying? It should have been... Give it some more billion. It needs it. Some of that. Yes. Bill, I'm about to fuck up the studio. <laughs> <laughs> that part is always so badass. Oh. 
That guitar wants to kick your ass right now. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I'm going to kick your Yeah, that's an angry guitar back there. Uh, angry as fuck. And it's solo. It doesn't get much more thrash than that. You know? Remember when I first learned to play that solo, I was so proud of myself. I was like, I couldn't believe it. It's so what? melodic and still thrash. And it's, it's so is great, but without that badass James Central riff behind it. Yeah. And it's like, that supports it beautifully. Oh. The way it just all comes together. Yeah. And even the way they finish it out. See, wow there. It wasn't wild before yeah. that. Oh, here we go back to my part. <laughs> Wait for the double bass at the end. end even is just uh, like there's a very final kind of oh boy that that's fucking over yeah gosh darn thank you for sitting through that was awesome hey yeah. so while that was playing i actually looked up and i actually i was just looking through some factoids know, some stuff, right yeah and i did see something where where lars even says it sounds a little too light oh really it's like it's not big enough it wasn't last really? night, not as big as it should be huh yeah it probably had something to do with the mastering. They yeah. probably compress the shit out of yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but because it's always had a I'm good always, sound. I know what you mean, though. I always the, thought that. That's. I mean, I loved it, but it just didn't have it. The I don't know what it was, but it just didn't have it. So we're saying the Metallica Master of Puppets could qualify for a CBLE upgrade. Yeah. Now, uh, hopefully, the remastered. I mean, I don't. That's I what don't, we just listened to. I'm I think. sure. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question: Tracking wise, would you yeah, guys change anything? No. Fuck no. I would not touch that album. I don't, I don't think uh, it could be. No. There's some shit you just don't mess with. And uh Yeah, it's that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it I really is. Could, it, it's uh, about as perfect as you can get for a metal album. I mean it's I mean, know. even if you did the ride the lightning thing and switched out Orion and Damage Inc., I mean that would that would be reasonable, but it would it would totally fuck up the flow of this one though. I think Orion no, you, you was leave perfect. Yeah, I think yeah. it was perfect before damaging. Yeah, you know? it was a good set. They kind of did the same thing on Justice with uh, what yeah. was the instrumental? Um, oh, to live is to, to die. Live is to die. Yeah. Right before Dyer's uh, Eve. Dyer's Eve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they kind of did the same thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, th this was magic. There's no doubt. I mean, you, yeah. if you changed anything in that tracking, I think it would probably it it alter the magic of the album. I think. Yeah. I agree. I think it's pretty reasonable to say that. Yeah. Shall we uh, 
Shall we end it there? Say cheers and uh, yeah. thank you, motherfuckers, for listening yeah. to Russ yeah. fanboy. Mm-hmm. I just I just spread some hot sticky fanboy all over this Metallica episode because okay. now I'm so dirty. <laughs> now I need a bath. Yeah, you can all go take a shower. But uh, hail to the master! Hail, to hail, the master absolutely puppets. to the master puppets! And thank you guys for listening and for joining and for sharing and spreading the global wordery about the metal nerdery. We do appreciate it. Yeah. And until the next, buy our shit. And if you don't send. Uh, you look, hey, hey guys, sorry. Is, if, if you guys will buy this shit, go to metalnerdery.com slash merch. And if you don't buy the Metal Nerdery shit, uh, send me some gum on the gum app. Uh, I'm a, a gum sign, a juicy fruit. Just just hit me up. I, I need all you can give me. Check us out on the gram and the book. Yeah, leave us some ratings, some positive kind words. Or if you want to leave us a fuck you, you can do that too. But yeah. give us a reason if you're going to leave a shitty feedback. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't. Fuck off. Don't, don't do yeah. that. Send all <laughs> your hate mail to Russ at Metal Nerd. No, that's not real. It's not real. Thing. Anyway, we thank you for listening, and we will see you until the next. Until the next. Until the next. for now, and thank you. Goodbye. Always got to have the last word, don't you? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great, though, is I do the editing. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. He loves the helmet. That's my line. And it's the last Wait. one. Did you hear the last one? Yes. <laughs> At the very end. That was amazing. <laughs>